Hello and welcome to episode 114 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B-Thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And on today's show, we're starting out on a sad note. I'd mentioned on previous episodes that a couple that my parents know, good friends of the family, both had COVID. And uh, turns out Uncle Howard passed away. I mean, he wasn't an uncle as far as a bloodline goes, but he was definitely the uncle you'd want as a kid, no doubt about it. He passed away Monday night of the COVID. And uh, I mean, it's hitting my parents hard. I kind of had a feeling after I'd heard what had been going on the past few weeks that it wasn't really looking good. But I saw Uncle Howard a lot as a kid. They have a a few children. One of them, Matthew, is right about my age. So anytime that, you know, the parental units would be going out to either, uh, you know, Fox's Pub out here in the south suburbs of Chirac. Used to be a guy named Pat O'Brien that used to sing there all the time. A bunch of, you know, the usual stuff, Irish classics and whatever was popular on the day. One guy with his guitar and the little electronic gadgets, which they had even back then. But we'd go see him. We'd have pizza, Fox's Pub pizza, good stuff. And I remember going to French Lick, which is outside of, well, a couple hours outside of Indianapolis in Indiana, birthplace of Larry Bird. There's been a hotel there for years and years and years. And we used to go and the parents could do their thing. And Matt and I would basically be running around uh, getting into all sorts of trouble. And Uncle Howard, I remember. Once, because my dad was a carpet rep for years and years and years. So there was always a lot of carpet samples in the garage. And Howard ran and still does. His family still has a carpet store here in the Chirac area. And people used to buy those little samples, you know, 50 cents a piece, buck a piece, whatever it was. So there was one day he came out and was loading up his van with a bunch of old samples that, you know, my dad didn't want. So he was just picking them up, going to take them to the store sell them, give them away, whatever it was. And after we loaded up the van, which probably took all of about five minutes or so, he slipped me a 50 and told me I'd earned it. I mean, I didn't, but uh, that was Uncle Howard. The generous to a fault, life of the party. And there's already stories going around between his friends. And I remember for years, my house had a fake tree in front of it. I mean, it looked real enough, but as the story goes, the parents, you know, this, the kids weren't involved in this one. So you can't play me for this one at all. But my parents and Howard and his wife, Sue, they were out at a restaurant and walking out. My mom was like, Oh, you know, those are kind of cool. I would, you know, I'd like to get one of those for the house or something like that. You know, just mention, Hey, that's kind of neat. I mean, I don't know how neat, that fake trees are, but that's the way the story went. And the next thing they knew, Howard was uh, picking one of them up and throwing it in the vehicle, and away they went. So, I mean, I don't, maybe we're getting off on a bad foot here because I don't really want to go with grand larceny, but that was Howard. If, if there was something that was fun and could be done, he was probably going to do it. Every time I remember seeing him throughout my whole life, it probably got the same greeting, which was, hey, kiddo. And that was just 
that was Howard. He was a lot of fun to be around. I've heard stories about when uh, they were on a business trip. Well, not business. Well, there was a bunch of people involved in the carpet business in Las Vegas. And I guess it was a bad night because towards the end of the night, the, the money was running out. And this was back in the day where you actually use quarters in the slot machines. You know, not like now where you just throw a credit card in and everything works that way. But they used to use quarters back then. And it came down to the end of the night. And I guess uh, the gambling for my dad and Howard wasn't going so well. And they wound up on the floor of the casino looking for quarters. <laughs> and uh, I guess found a few. Found a few dollars worth of quarters. Placed a bet on, if I remember the story correctly, on roulette. And actually won. And then had some more money to continue gambling for that evening. But as I said, generous to a fault. I talked about my mom's cousin a few times here on Random Thoughts who passed away a couple of years ago now that uh, she needed a, a caregiver in her house because she didn't want to be in a home, which I mean, hey, I wouldn't want to be in a home either. She wanted to be in her own house. She wanted to die in her house. She got what she wanted and that was great, but she needed a caregiver that was going to be 24 seven. So they needed a bed for the caregiver. So Uncle Howard went to get the bed, actually got it from a guy named Art, who at the beginning of this whole pandemic thing died of the coronavirus. And Art and Howard were very close, but he picked up the bed from him, brought it down over an hour away to my mom's cousin's house just down the road here from me and set it up. And then. After my mom's cousin had passed away, my dad had some major health issues. We've talked about that a little bit. And he needed the bed downstairs because he couldn't get up and down the stairs. So Howard again came out, took the bed apart, brought it over to them at their house, set it up. He put in extra handrails, you know, on the other side. So when my dad needed to go up and down the stairs, he was able to do so. Checked on my dad all the time. I mean, they were just the closest of friends. And he really, you couldn't ask for a better guy than Howard, because he was going to do whatever he could for his friend, no matter what, all the time. And my dad, I mean, he was a little, I'm a, he's a little antisocial at times. <laughs> I can be as well. But when he was going through the medical issues, he really didn't want any visitors. I mean, it was okay. He would accept me showing up, you know, with my wife and my sister, you know, and the family was okay. He really wasn't going to stop that, but he didn't really want any other visitors except Howard. I mean, Howard was always welcome at his house, no matter what. And it reminded me of what somebody said of Grumpy Old Ben's, the other podcast that I do with Ryan Bemrose, that said when he heard the show on the No Agenda Stream, available at noagendastream.com, he said, I don't know who these guys are on the stream right now, because Grumpy Old Ben's had just started up. He's like, but they're neither as clever nor as charming as they think they are. Well, Uncle Howard was as clever and as charming as anybody could imagine. A figure bigger than life, always had fun. And the only really tragedy to this, except, you know, again, anybody with this COVID stuff, it's a tragedy. It's a bad disease. It seems like there's a lot of help right now in the forms of vaccine. I know a lot of people are a little crazy about the vaccine. And there are other methods of 
treating this, which we're going to talk about one of those in a second. But Howard didn't like doctors. There's no question about it. He did not like going to the doctor. His wife and him got sick. And for whatever reason, it went for days, if not a week, week and a half, two weeks of the cough, the fever, and just trying to self-medicate it at home. And by the time that he did seek medical help, it seems like it was unfortunately past that point that they can do anything. And this is what we're hearing from a lot of doctors, including Dr. Pierre Corey, who is going to be in the story here. We're going to cover next about a drug called Ivermectin. But that's what appears to have happened with Howard is that he didn't go to get medical attention fast enough because he had some pre-existing conditions, but he was definitely not in bad shape. He was 78 years old. We know the age hits you. We know that previous medical conditions hit you. But we also know that seeking medical help early is what you need to do. So if you're listening to this and you start getting the symptoms of this, or if you have parents or grandparents or uncles or friends, especially those that are of a more advanced age, and I don't even know if we can still say that entirely because Nikki Haley just disclosed that her husband's sister died of COVID at 53. And I don't know if she had any pre-existing conditions or whatnot, but if you know somebody or you yourself are getting the symptoms, go to a doctor, call your doctor, do whatever you need to do in your area to see if you can get a treatment started immediately. Because that does seem to be a big turning point. We saw what happened with Donald Trump, who everybody was like, well, he's fat, he's out of shape, he's old. But the minute he got symptoms, they took him in, they threw the drugs through his system, and three days later, he was fine. And this is the story here that was about what happened before a Senate committee yesterday was Dr. Pierre Corey who talked about the drug ivermectin. He said, people are dying at unacceptable and untold rates. He said, I'm a lung and ICU specialist, and all I do right now is take care of COVID-19 patients dying of breathlessness in ICUs. By the time they get to the ICU, it's nearly impossible to save my patients, or to save most patients. They simply cannot breathe. And that's exactly what happened with Howard. My dad called, talked to him a couple of times, and that's what he was complaining about. Can't breathe. The lungs get shot. And once this gets a hold in the lungs, a lot of people just can't come back from it. And this doctor is calling this a miracle drug. And he said he doesn't use that word lightly at all. And it's interesting because this was first mentioned months ago alongside things like the hydrochloroquine. Dr. Corey said the amount of evidence the FLCCC Alliance has amassed and compiled into a manuscript far exceeds the level required for compassionate use authorization as defined by the FDA. He said, quote, that happened for Rendisivir, a drug with far less supporting evidence and much, much higher cost. He said, why can't this happen for Invermectin given the level of evidence? How many more trials need to be done when our manuscript details results from over 20 studies? 
Over 10 of them randomized controlled trials. We're in a pandemic. We're at war. Stop pretending this is peacetime where we are conducting business as usual. The NIH must rapidly review the data and make a recommendation. Now, I looked up the cost on this for the week, which is what looks like they recommend, like five doses of this stuff, under $2. I mean, so you got to really question why all the money's going to these really, really, really expensive treatments. We saw the same thing with hydrochloroquine, which even Dr. Fauci said was good in the first SARS, if again treated early on, which brought you to a much better resolving of the disease. This Dr. Corey said, quote, it will all be needless death from here on out, given that there is a readily available scientific solution to the pandemic. Now, you say, okay, well, this is just one guy. Sure, just one guy saying this. And if you look at how the New York Times covered this story, which was absolutely disgusting, and we'll get to that in a second, but I, I went and did a search because, you know, I'm always curious, look at different sources. And I found a story from Israel where there is a uh, Dr. Eli Schwartz, founder of the Sheba Medical Center's Center for Geographic Medicine and Tropical Diseases. He launched a randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial of this drug, ivermectin, which it's an anti-parasitical drug. I think they said uh, somewhere that it's used to uh, treat worms in dogs. I mean, I know one of the drugs, wasn't it remdesivir, was a cat antibiotics. So it's some interesting stuff going on with the medicine. But he did a study, a trial with 100 Israelis with mild to moderate COVID-19. And we all understand that's a small sample size. But he says ivermectin is, as, is an old and very safe drug known to have antiviral properties as well. We want to see if ivermectin could prevent deterioration and virus shedding in these patients. Reduction of viral shredding seems to be highly important and often overlooked in mild cases. A good antiviral at the early stage of disease will stop the shedding and therefore avoid the need for isolation. Now, the study in Israel is ongoing, but there was a study in Australia that found that a single treatment of this drug, Invermectin, caused a 5,000-fold reduction in the virus after 48 hours in a cell culture. So again, not in human uh, tests or anything there, but in a cell culture, this drug, which is available for under two bucks for your whole treatment that you need from it, a 5,000-fold reduction in the virus after two days. Bolivia and Peru, I mean, I know those are some backwards countries way out somewhere else. They've already approved using this drug, Invermectin, in COVID-19 cases. It's also being used prophylactically in specific cases in Florida and in Egypt to pre uh, prevent the disease from spreading within families, according to Dr. Schwartz. So that's interesting as well, kind of like the hydrochloroquine where they were suggesting it could be used prophylactically, which means this drug is so safe, it seems, that, you know, if you're going to be somewhere where you think you might get the old COVID, 
take it because it can't hurt you and it will protect you. Even if you don't have the disease, this isn't just a cure then. This is something that if you take it, it prevents you from getting the disease. And Dr. Schwartz does say, is this a magic bullet or false messiah? We don't know yet. Because yes, there does need to be more study. But like with the hydrochloroquine, the early cases coming back seem to be very, very positive. We have, again, the doctor in Wisconsin, Dr. Pierre Corey, calling it a miracle the way this drug is working against COVID-19. But the New York Times, they got themselves a narrative to push. And in an article by a woman named Linda Q, Q-I-U, the headline is a Senate hearing promoted unproven drugs and dubious claims about the coronavirus. Thanks, New York Times. Keep spreading that fear porn. That's all you got left. I don't know what they're going to do now that Trump's going to be out of office, it appears. Well, what are they going to do? But here's the article, at least the beginning of this, because I think this is important to see how these American institutions, the New York Times, one of the most revered at one point newspapers in the world, if not the most revered, looks at what happened here, looks at what the Senate hearing talked about, and this is the story. Senator Ron Johnson, Republican of Wisconsin, spent much of this year promoting investigations into Hunter Biden trying fruitlessly to show corruption on the part of Joseph R. Biden Jr. Okay, so uh, we're not really, we don't care about people dying. I mean, as much as the left wants to tell you, like, yeah, yeah, this is really, Trump's killing people. Well, we have doctors coming before the Senate saying they've had great results and this could save, Dr. Corey said, over 100,000 lives if we can get this immediately through to start using this drug while the vaccine rolls out. But what is this which start with? Well, the guy, the senator, he was trying to investigate Hunter Biden. Well, yeah, did you see Hunter Biden's laptop, lady? I mean, it's real. There's videos. I mean, you could ignore that if you want to. But she continues, now, Mr. Johnson, the chairman of the Senate Homeland Security Committee, is more focused on another narrative sympathetic to President Trump, if not to establish science. Really? So these doctors, you just want to ignore them because they have good news on this? I don't understand it. Because it's good news under Trump? If this was, you know, a month or two from now, would you be celebrating this? Because, oh, Joe Biden saved us all. This is absolutely disgusting. This is not journalism. This is not doing right by the readers of the New York Times or anyone. But again, more focused on another narrative sympathetic to President Trump, if not to establish science, that the reaction to the coronavirus pandemic has been overblown and that public health officials have been too quick to come to conclusions about the best way to deal with it. And you don't think that's true, lady? I mean, come on. But she continues. So on Tuesday, for not the first time, Mr. Johnson lent his committee's platform to the promotion of unproven drugs and dubious claims about stemming the spread of coronavirus 
while giving prominence to a vaccine skeptic. Now, I'm sorry. I read what this Dr. Corey said, and he was very clear. I want you to look at the data we have gathered over the last four months. He feels it's very important. The data is there. The evidence is there. There's no question that what he's presenting is real. And for some reason, the New York Times thinks that that's uh, ridiculous, that it's just unproven. Well, everything's unproven until it is, you morons. That's the whole point of science, to test things and see what works and what doesn't work. The reality is, even if you have a cure, it's not going to work on everybody. Why? Because people are different. People with different genetic makeup may have different reactions to things like vaccines or different drugs. I mean, moron lady, let me just explain to you. There's a reason why, again, people are different, that I can take a handful of peanuts, put it in my mouth, and eat it and go, wow, that was good. And somebody else does it, and they die because their body goes into anaphylactic shock and can't process because they have a peanut allergy. Not everybody's the same. Nothing's going to be 100%. There's no question about it. But we have doctors that are providing evidence of studies that have gone on for months. And you want to ignore that because you don't like President Trump? This is really the upside down world. I don't understand it. I never will. Journalism is dead. The New York Times is dead. Almost nobody is doing real journalism anymore. They have a narrative and they need to push it no matter what. And it's disgusting. And you shouldn't stand for it. If you have a subscription to the New York Times, you're a moron. Cancel it today because it is garbage. We go a little further in the article and she's mad that a Dr. Raman Oskawi, I believe, O-S-K-O-U-I, a cardiologist in Washington, argued that masks don't work and that social distancing doesn't work by citing a story published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Well, how do you expect anybody to believe that masks work? We know this virus has been around since the end of last year. People were dealing with this without knowing it existed. The world was going on in November, December, January, before anybody start doing anything. March, you know, is when the people start deciding, oh, we should close down. Maybe we should social distance. Maybe there should be masks. But we went for months doing nothing. And all of a sudden, it seems that the numbers are worse now. And all of the graphs that I see showing where, okay, here's a big arrow showing where the mask mandates began. You know what happened after the mask mandates began? Everything got worse. So if the masks are really, really successful at keeping you from getting the virus, explain to me why that is. And I'll listen because I, unlike you, I'm willing to hear somebody that has studied this and understands it and give me a reason why. Unlike this woman from the New York Times who just wants to belittle everything because, well, it's not proven. Well, 
there's hundreds of thousands of people that are dead, and I thought you were concerned about that. But no, obviously not. You seem to want more people to die under Donald Trump's watch, and that's what it seems like a lot of these people are, and it's disgusting. How about you forget politics for a minute and actually worry about what is good for the human race? And I'm tired of the people who are like, oh, this virus doesn't even exist. It's like, well, then you're nuts if you believe that because the virus certainly exists. Now, has a lot of it been overblown? Sure. But it is deadly to a certain amount of people. Those people need to be protected. And if there are treatments that could save their lives that are currently existing and you want to ignore them, why? Because you want Dr. Fauci to make more money on some other drug? Screw you. Because somebody told you to push a narrative? Come on. And I get it. A lot of this stuff sucks. People want to see their family over the holidays. I get it. We didn't see my family over Thanksgiving. I mean, now we had my dad's health issues last year. My mom now, of course, after heart surgery, after cancer surgery, starting chemo on Monday. There's no way I'm taking that risk and exposing her to something that comes in because my wife goes to work every day and then she sees me. So I don't want to be the one to carry that in. Neither does my sister or her family. And it sucks. Yes, it does. But understand you're taking a risk if you do this. And I get, I don't think the government should tell you not to do it. I think you should be smart about it. If you have a very healthy family and everybody's under 60 years old, get together, do what you want. You're probably going to be okay. But when you start dealing with people in their 70s and in their 80s with health issues, this is very serious and it should be treated as such. And if you don't want to, as a person of that age, that's fine too. You want to go on and live your life. I understand it. That's exactly what my parents' friends, Howard and Sue, did. They were out doing stuff. Howard was still working. He was still going into people's houses, doing measures and stuff like that. And they wanted to come see my parents, you know, about a month or two ago. And they're like, oh, tell your kids. And my mom's like, well, it wasn't my kids. I'm, you know, I'm smart enough to know uh, with what I'm going through right now. I don't want to risk anything. And I understand some people think that's being too safe. And I don't know if there is such a thing like that right now. But my mom's like, well, you know, obviously we did the right thing by not having them over. Because, again, you don't know. And it's horrible. Again, nobody wants this to be going on, but you have to understand that it is real. It is not the flu. For a lot of people, yeah, the symptoms and the severity is like the flu, but for a much larger percentage than a normal flu, people are getting deadly reactions to this. And an end is in sight. The vaccines have begun in the UK. I believe they're going to be starting here in the United States. And I know all the conspiracy theorists are out, you know, in arms about this and they don't want to take the vaccine. And that's fine. I'm going to listen to my doctor. If he says get the vaccine that he believes it's safe, you know what? I'm going to throw that dice and bet on that. If he says the other side, no, don't do it. Wait until X, Y, Z or you don't need it. Well, then that is what we'll do as well. But the Russians, they have a vaccine. And this is just the you know one light note in an otherwise uh, kind of sad and pissed off episode of Random Thoughts. The headline today was, after coronavirus vaccinations, 
Russians warned to avoid alcohol for two months. Whoa! The Russians avoid alcohol for two months. I mean, I know there are a lot of people that could avoid alcohol for two months. I could do it standing on my head, but the Russians, I don't know. That's an interesting thing. It's going to be interesting to watch. And I think you're going to have a lot of really pissed off Ruskies. I mean, they may not have coronavirus, but they're going to be mad if they can't have their vodka for two months. I mean, if you're Russian, if you're listening, uh, are you going to do that? Are you going to keep away from the alcohol? It'll be interesting to see if we get the same recommendations, the same warnings here in the United States. And I think they said excessive alcohol, although I don't know what excessive alcohol means to you, what it means to me. Maybe it's different. But again, I would probably err on the side of caution. On the bright side, you might be able to pick up a lot of Russian vodka cheap for a while. As I've told you before, we do work on the value for value model here on the Random Thoughts podcast, which means we do these shows for free. We put them out there on the big interwebs. And if you listen to them, you consume them, you get some value out of them. It's up to you to decide what kind of value you get and how you want to repay that back to the show. One way to do that is monetarily. And you can do that by going to random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com, clicking that donate button. You can do a one-time donation. You can do a monthly donation. And we have a few people to thank for today's show. First and foremost, our buddy, Jay Finley, who is also known as Earl Walkman of Buckeye, sent us a QNAP NAS that was a few years old. I mean, this is the beauty of being a part of a really cool community. And this stems from the No Agenda show. But I was over in the No Agenda troll room, which is noagendastream.com. We use that when we do the shows live here on Random Thoughts. We use that when we do the Grumpy Old Ben's show live on Mondays and Fridays. That's where you can gather anytime, day or night. And it's a chat room, but it's a whole lot more. And Jay Finley came in the other day and he was like, yeah, I'm trying to get rid of a bunch of stuff. And he's like, I have like a QNAP four-year-old NAS box, you know, and he's like got three three terabyte drives in it. And I'm like, well, you don't have any use for that? And he's like, no, no, I updated to an only two-year-old NAS box. Okay. And the four-year-old one isn't so, uh, still works, right? And he's like, yeah. He's like, do you want it? And I'm like, well, I mean, if you don't, I mean, I'd be happy to pay you shipping, whatever. And he's like, no, just take it on him. It's a gift. And we appreciate that. Mr. Finley, it will go to uh, good use. We always need hard drive space. It'll always go to good use. And backing up Random Thoughts, Grumpy Old Benz, and all the other media that we tend to gather along the way. So that's one way. I mean, that was some treasure. It's not just cash. See, you can go a completely different route. If you want to just unload some old stuff you don't want that you think we can use, feel free to reach out and ask. But we do have a couple of donations, both of which came in via snail mail. This is a unique thing. One from our buddy, Sergeant Fred of the 2030 podcast, who has donated over to Grumpy Old Ben's a few times, and he does a great show. Check it out, 2030podcast.com. Hope you get that right. I think it's .com, but just do a search for 2030 podcast. It also runs on the No Agenda stream, and we appreciate that. And also another podcaster who's on the no agenda stream de meet us he does a show with his daughter called fun fact friday also search that one out 
I think it's funfactfriday.com, or you can go to uh, meetus.com, M-E-D-U-S, and check out his podcast. But he also came in with a monetary donation, three bucks to Random Thoughts, and he did a genius thing. He set it up through his bank, got off of the Patreon thing, because Patreon takes a percentage, and we know this. PayPal takes a percentage. We know this. So he set it up with his bank to send one check monthly. And in the comment line, it tells me how much is for Grumpy Old Ben's and how much is for Random Thoughts. So it's a one-time mailing, and it's a donation for two shows. So we greatly appreciate that, Mr. Metis. Thank you for supporting both Grumpy Old Ben's and the Random Thoughts podcast. And if anybody's listening to this and hasn't checked out Grumpy Old Ben's, grumpyoldbens.com. I mean, a lot of people then come back here after they hear Ryan spewing some stuff for a while and they're like i like crumpy old bands but just you know the half word i talk <laughs> and uh well that's why they're here i think that's why ryan likes random thoughts as well but i could be wrong i don't know but we appreciate everybody for giving us their time to listen to the podcast we know there's a lot of podcasts out there there's a lot of people out there trying to get your attention and your eyeballs and your ears and we appreciate when you choose to spend your time with us it's greatly appreciated and we hope that everybody is going to have a good holiday season here moving forward and i'm not it's not not because i'm not saying christmas because i don't want to say christmas i will say christmas but we're still early enough we have a whole lot of holidays coming up and it's going to be hard for a lot of people there's no question about it especially those i mean i know like my parents who are going to be sitting around and of having to avoid people. And I say having, and again, not because the not because the state of Illinois or Fat Man Pritzker says so, but because we've all made the collective choice that we've come this far. And my mom's gone through a whole lot over the last few months. I mean, she picked a great time, to be honest, to decide to start coming down with ailments because she went, you know, 82 years or so without having any major health problems. And once the coronavirus started, well, she had to have heart surgery. She had to have cancer surgery. Now she's going to be having chemo. There's all sorts of fun stuff going on. But I mean, if you're going to pick a time where you have to avoid people, well, why not do it when everybody's avoiding people? Makes it a lot more fun, I guess. And thanks, everybody, because people are still coming into the No Agenda Troll Room. People are still messaging me on Twitter and No Agenda Social asking how my mom's doing. And she's doing great. I do believe that the good karma, the prayers, everything that people have sent out because I posted about this on No Agenda Social, because I've talked about this here on Random Thoughts, because I asked for some health karma on the No Agenda show, which is a thing they do. I do believe that's a big reason for the positive outcome that she's had, because when she saw the cancer doctor, he said, because of the fact, I mean, they saw that she had the colon cancer, but that's when they found out she needed the bypass. So the cancer treatment was pushed back like six weeks, maybe seven, eight weeks because of the fact they first had to do the double bypass and she had to recover from the double bypass enough to where they could do the colonoscopy to uh, verify everything and then be able to do the cancer surgery. And he told her, he's like, I was surprised that 
because of the amount of time we had to wait, I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it was. And nobody knows why. I mean, having cancer is never good, but all things considered a really good prognosis. The chemo that she's going to be doing for the next six months, 12 sessions, only once every two weeks. It is for uh, prophylaxis, it's for preventative. It's not like they're trying to kill something that's there. They're doing this to try to make sure what she had doesn't come back. And again, a much better prognosis than going into this. Anybody would have guessed, especially, you know, again, coming off the heart surgery and everything right now, she's probably healthier than me, which is maybe maybe that doesn't take a lot. But thanks again to everybody who's been checking in on her, sending thoughts, sending prayers. I do believe it works. And I appreciate everybody for sending out that love and light into the universe. It is appreciated. So have yourself a good week. Get ready for the holidays, whatever that's going to look like for you. Try to make the best of everything and just try to keep people that need that little extra bit of caution to stay safe. Do it. I mean, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. We're just, well, hoping it's not a train. Until next week, I am Darren O'Neill. Thank you for listening.